Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed in that promise? And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding? Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses really running over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will pay? You're talking about your employees. You're talking about Border Patrol. They will pay? Is there an employer in America who could actually say of their employees, they will pay? That would be considered acceptable. CEOs would get vilified. They would get crucified for saying such a thing. They will pay? I have been... This was like, like, like an hour ago. President Biden, he's going to talk about COVID. He's going to talk about booster shots. I'll get to all that nonsense. But he's talking about the border. And you had at the border... Border Patrol agents doing their job. And that job involved stopping Haitian migrants from running across the border and entering the United States. Haitian migrants who are wrong and are breaking the law. I can't believe we have to go through this. But allow me, Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today it is so good to be with you. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. And if you're somebody who wants to push the lie that Border Patrol was whipping with a whip a black man, come on, prove that to me. I've got all the data. You want to move that mantra down the line? You want to somehow take the side of people breaking the law? 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Thousands of Haitians at the border. There at the bridge, Del Rio. A problem of the president's making from beginning to end. But maybe he's just happy to be not talking about the fact that it's been 25 days since he left Americans to die in Afghanistan. Haitians who have been coming from Haiti, who have been coming from other South American, Central American countries looking to get into the United States because they believe under Joe Biden, it's just free entry, no problem. Well, they're half right because they were able to cross the river, get into the United States and set up an encampment. They set up an encampment. No toilets, by the way, no running water, no, no, no. Just figured they're there. As long as they're there, they'll have a chance to get into the country. They are not refugees. They have never been refugees. They don't have refugee status. So when ridiculous nonsense people like the grifter and the race hustler, Al Sharpton, make statements like these. Along with Reverend Freddie Haynes and Jamal Bryant were part of our delegation. And we called on that there. I talked to the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Maracas. I said that to him there. They must stop immediately the deportations and define what is the asylum policy. You don't mean that, you race-hustling grifter. You mean they should create some policy that allows Haitians to stay in the United States. I'm not saying things aren't tough in Haiti. I am saying that grown men need to go back to Haiti and make their country better. 
Time to have a standard Al Sharpton. So should MSNBC. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. What with you being a host and all. Race hustler, grifter, Al Sharpton. Don't give me that reverend stuff. That is no man of God. So you've got people protecting the border, the border patrol. Here come some Haitian migrants. You have border patrol on horseback. And you've got a border patrol agent utilizing the reins of the horse in order to control the horse. And what do you see? Oh, my gosh. This border patrol agent is whipping a black man. Oh, of course they made it racial. Of course they made it racial. They made it racial in seven and a half seconds. And you have got people like Michelle Cinder over at PBS wanting the White House to do more to move this nonsense garbage lie of a racial narrative forward and he certainly may still speak to it uh, obviously there's a lot of events happening here including the u.n general assembly covid and others and uh, I, I wouldn't rule that out and just to say respectfully i just have a couple more questions everyone else got sure. questions in respectfully i understand that you are the spokesperson for the president these are images that are traumatizing haitian americans that he promised to treat respectfully and, and with humanity why isn't the president telling people himself these images that people say look like slavery are wrong? Me as president, I as president, condemn them. How is he not doing that? Why is he not doing that? And, and how, what are people supposed to take away from the fact that he's not at the bully pulpit but himself talking about these images? You think the president of the United States should buy into the lie that that image, that photo of somebody not getting whipped at the border was akin to slavery? That's what Representative Maxine Waters put out there. Now, I talked about this yesterday, and I got, a, I, got a, I got a tweet. Oh, it was very stern. It was very stern, producer Ari, very, very stern. And, and it said, don't ever tell a black person that they don't know about slavery. I never said such a thing. I mean, I would go back and read it to you, but when I see stuff like that, I'm like, delete, block, mute, whatever. You don't get to tell me how to do my show. You don't get to tell me how to have a mind. What I said was, and I'll say it again for the people in the cheap seats, the color of one's skin does not de facto make them an expert on any specific subject, nor does one's religion. And what I said yesterday was, I'm Jewish. Doesn't make me an expert on the Holocaust. Being Jewish does not make me an expert. Only study would make me an expert, and it's possible that somebody who isn't Jewish has done more study on the Holocaust than I have. Being black does not make one an expert on slavery. It doesn't. Being an expert on slavery is being an expert on slavery. Being born of a certain skin color might ha give you certain shared experiences, but does not give you an expertise on slavery. Allow me to go a step further just for the sake of the conversation. It also doesn't give anybody an, a, 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 uh, an expertise on racism. Experiences, Sure. I can go back to being Jewish. I've had pennies thrown at me. I had swastikas burned into my lawn. I do not get to claim because of these two experiences compared to thousands of other experiences that I am allowed to say I have an expertise and I get to decide when something is anti-Semitic. I can tell you when I believe something is anti-Semitic, but you'll notice that very often I say it's not actually anti-Semitism, it's moronism. When I see a swastika on a stop sign... I don't think that's a rise in anti-Semitism. I think it's a rise in moronism. When I see Rashida Tlaib, I say, that's a rise in anti-Semitism. You see the difference? 
And it's not because I believe it. It's because they prove it with their language. They prove it with their tactics. They prove it with their movements. Now, what I just said is the kind of thing that gets people canceled. How dare you say that they can't or they're not? I say it because I'm a grown-up and I have a mind. And I demand that people utilize their minds. I demand it. And here is a so-called journalist in Yamiche Alcindor who wants to excoriate Joe Biden. This took place yesterday. Excoriate Joe Biden for not buying into the lie of a Border Patrol agent whipping a Haitian man. How dare you that some people compare to slavery? That some people was Maxine Waters. She's just wrong. She said it was, she didn't compare it to slavery. She said what happened is worse than slavery. That is an ignorantly daft position. Or is that an ignorant and daft position? We'll go with that one. Ignorant and daft position. It's just flat out wrong. I can't say so because I'm white. Allow me to respond to that. (laughs) Of course I can. Do you think I give the political left control over my mind? Why would you? I'm allowed to have conversations. I'm a grown-up. My brain works pretty dang good, and I'm going to talk. I'm not going to be told i got to box myself into a corner, not say this, not say that, not say the other. Why? Because someone's going to decide they're offended? They're always offended. Maybe they should learn to grow up already, the failures that they are. How about the offense that I take to Joe Biden, the President of the United States, saying this about Border Patrol? Of course it's... Of course, I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you, those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. Consequences for what, Joe Biden? For a Border Patrol agent doing his job? I cannot begin to tell you how angry I am. Joe Biden is such a low-rent, low-class, third-rate, country-club thug punk. This is why you miss Donald Trump. I get it. Donald Trump takes on the guy who attacks you. Joe Biden takes on the guy protecting you from the others. Oh, he wasn't attacking anybody. He was breaking the law. And if somebody enters your neighborhood you don't like, you call the cops. What is wrong with you? That dog won't hunt. You can't pull that line around here. Joe Biden is attacking the people who have put themselves on the line to keep us safe. You think this guy won't defund the police? (laughs) Watch it. I cannot tell you how absolutely infuriated I am. I'm actually working to keep myself cool, calm, and collected. But let's talk about how someone's going to pay. Let's talk about this line from Joe Biden right here. Horses barely running over people being strapped. It's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. What if the investigation shows they did nothing wrong? Will there still be consequences? Will they still pay? 
Way to taint the jury pool, Joe Biden. Thank goodness you're the chief executive of the nation. Bill Malugin over at Fox News puts out a post. The photographer who took the now infamous photos of mounted Border Patrol agents in Del Rio says he and his colleagues never saw agents whipping anyone and the photos are being misconstrued. However, the false narrative is off and running. Of course nobody was being whipped. The utilization of the reins to control the horse and horseback being necessary. I'm actually going to get into that conversation. Uh, We have uh, some very, very interesting people uh, that we're going to be speaking to over the next uh, while. But Laura Reese is one of those uh, people from Heritage. We got... uh, I spoke with her earlier. I'm going to share with you that interview. Uh, she has a history working in Homeland Security as acting, acting deputy chief of staff. I mean, a real working knowledge of what's going on at the border. We'll get into that. But you understand and you see, just like I do, that Joe Biden and Jen Psaki and Michelle Cinder, all of these people working in concert, they don't care about the facts. They don't care about the truth. And they don't care that the Border Patrol gets destroyed. You know, by the way, that they've dropped horses. I mean, they didn't physically drop horses. Border Patrol is no longer using horses at the border. About the images that we have seen is, one, we feel those images are horrible and horrific. There is an investigation the president certainly supports overseen by the Department of Homeland Security, which he has conveyed will, will happen quickly. I can also convey to you that the secretary also conveyed to civil rights leaders earlier this morning that we would no longer be using horses in Del Rio. Uh, so that is something, a policy change that has been made in response. Civil rights leaders don't get to decide policy on the border. I don't really care what they think of it. Why? Because they're a civil rights leader? Wait a second. I'm a civil rights leader. I mean, that's all it takes, right? It's just a declaration. Maybe got to build a website. I don't know. Civil rights leaders don't get to decide border policy. What, are we all nuts? And considering how they will scream racism in so many ways and in so many places, depending on, of course, the civil rights leader, they don't really understand the concept of civil. I'm not buying in. Look how political they made this. Maybe to cover for the fact that the border is a mess and it's all their fault. Maybe it's to cover for the fact that it's been 25 days since the United States, Joe Biden, Lloyd Austin, Mark Milley, and Anthony Blinken left Americans for dead in Afghanistan and left Afghanis to be tortured and killed. Maybe it's to cover up for the, for the economy. Maybe it's to cover up for inflation. Maybe it's to cover up for the absolute gloom that has taken hold in so many corners of America. Maybe it's to cover for the fact that Joe Biden is an incompetent man. An angry, bitter, lowlife of a man. Not because I said so, but because he showed you, us, all of us. This is who he is. Joe Biden once said that his father told him, you want to know what a man values, check his budget. That will show you what he values. I always thought that was a good line. Well, in his words, Joe Biden has showed you what he values. And he values the wokeness over the people who actually do the job. The Border Patrol must be demoralized today. 
The only thing I can do is send them the good wishes and the thanks for the job that they do and that not all of us buy into the lie. Joe Biden is low rent, low class, and an awful guy. I couldn't be more disgusted. And I'm holding it in because I'd like to keep my job just one more day. I'm Tony Katz. I don't wanna be at, and I don't ever wear a suit and tie. I wondering if I can sneak up the back. Nobody's even looking. So Nancy Pelosi has got to have the line of lines. This is this is special. That you think you can get away with this, and people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that that makes perfect sense." She's talking about the three point five trillion dollar infrastructure plan, and uh, look, I, I I won't lie to you. I am so bothered by what Joe Biden said. I'm I'm out of my head. I'm I'm angry about it. But I got I got to keep the show going. This is one of those things that's just the traditional lying, dopey, sad, pathetic speaker Pelosi. The 3.5 trillion dollar infrastructure bill, which is an infrastructure that they want to pass via budget reconciliation in the Senate so they don't need Republican votes because it's a budget process vote that involves Green New Deal this and child care this and health care that, nothing having to do with infrastructure. And she wants you to know that that $3.5 trillion price tag, that's not what you should be focusing on. So it, it's, a, it's not about a, a price tag or anything. It's about values, not dollars. Well, okay then. I mean, that's just insane. It's not about dollars. It's about values. Well, you're wrong about both. What you value is terrible. and The amount of money you want to spend is terrible. It's not about... This is just... This is obscene. This is the last gasp of a dying woman. We're going to see whether or not they completely failed to get this done. And what happens? Because some people have set a deadline. Hey, the 27th, otherwise this thing is done. So we're going to see. We're going to see how that plays out. Meanwhile, Ocasio-Cortez is crying because the Israelis will be able to defend themselves. It's exactly what you would expect. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Instagram, Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. So Chuck Grassley is running for re-election, senator from Iowa. He's 88. He's running for re-election. He's got the whole ad. It's 4 a.m. in Iowa. So I'm running. I do that six days a week. Before I start the day, I want you to know what Barbara and I have decided. I'm running for re-election. A lot more to do for Iowa. We ask and we'll work for your support. Uh, I got no issues with Grassley. But, man... 
running at 88. There's an argument to be made there that this is a thing. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Now it's Diane Feinstein. Who's running again? What is she, 84? 83, 84, she's running for office again in in California? What there is something to the power. There is something to, well, what else am I gonna do? Just sit at home and stare at my spouse who I hate? Yeah, I mean maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I cut a little too close to the bone there. But there's a it's a weird thing, you know, this idea that you get elected in your twenties and you and you leave uh Congress when you die. That's um that's a problem. I don't look at Grassley running for re-election and say to myself, this, this is what we need. Understand I'm not about to get myself insane about it. But sometimes I mean, sometimes we should admit there are some politics to the things. You you have a popularity, you can hold the office, and therefore it doesn't get lost to a Democrat in this case. And, and then uh, the governor can appoint somebody uh, if and when you, you pass away because the, the odds are. You know, maybe it's, it's the same thing for Feinstein. It's a political calculation. Feinstein is not as popular in California as Grassley is in Iowa. We should be clear about that. Just, just not. Absolutely, positively not as popular. But I'm, uh, I, I'm like you. I'm, I'm weirded out by the thing. We shouldn't, we shouldn't want this. There's a real, there is a, a larger scale issue here. And, and the whole idea of term limits, I will tell you, I am, I am not a fan of. Because I believe the people are term limits. We're the ones who are supposed to say, okay, we've had enough of you now. And then that's it. We remove them from office, and that's all there is to it. That's the way it's supposed to work. But we don't do that. And these people get to stick around for forever and ever and ever and ever. And so they've more moved me into this place that we're going to have to somehow and in some way put a cap on things. I'm, I'm, I'm freaked out that I, I've been moved in this way, but these people never leave. And some of these people really do need to leave. Government shouldn't be this thing that's just a, um, a place where you do your suckling. There, I cleaned it up a little bit, even though I said suckling. and Well, that's, that might not be radio appropriate. You've got Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner, Dr. Scott Gottlieb thinks that Delta may be the last major wave of infection. Assuming nothing unexpected happens, like getting a variant that pierces the immunity offered by prior infection and by vaccination. He's making this claim on CNN, is the former director of the FDA, who I've never been a big fan of, mainly because of his attack on cigars. And I'm just bothered by the attack on cigars. I'm a cigar guy. Eat, drink, smoke, the cigar and bourbon show. You got to make sure you get it. Apple Podcasts, Amazon, via Audible, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Good Pods, a whole bunch of places. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's going fantastic. Um, Anybody who is willing to conflate cigars and cigarettes is not somebody who I like to take seriously. But it's been clear when we talk about COVID, he's got a point of view that he's trying to get across. And that point of view is, would everybody please calm down? And as for this um, this variant, 
it pretty much seems like we're through it, people. It seems like we're through the thing, and this will be the last one. You already had a couple weeks ago Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, you know, talking about the Mu variant, MU, out of Colombia. So I don't know if they think that's going to just be nothing or not. I, I would hope he's right. But I am not about to listen to the so-called experts tell me that everything's okay. This brings us to the chief executive over at Moderna. The chief executive of Moderna, speaking to a Swiss newspaper, said, and I'm quoting here, if you look at the industry-wide expansion of production capacities, if you look at the industry-wide expansion of production capacities over the past six months, Enough doses should be available by the middle of next year so that everyone on this earth can be vaccinated. Boosters should also be possible to the extent required. So he's, is he saying that things are going to be all right? Well, according to the headline, Moderna chief executive sees pandemic over in a year. That isn't the case. And I think that's a bit of really, really bad reporting from Reuters. As a dangerous thing to say, COVID is here to stay. COVID will be with us for forever and ever and ever and ever. It's like Ari's laugh. It will just be in your soul for forever with no way to get the earwig out. What? Or maybe it'll be that. It'll be that kind of sound right there. I was just trying to get you to make one of your noises. Oh, jeez. That's that's what I was going for. Maybe it's Kamala Harris's laugh. (laughs) Mixed with a little bit of Pete Buttigieg. (laughs) In your head for forever. You're welcome. It's here. You can't tell people that it's going to be over. What you can tell people is people should get back to their lives. You don't have to live in fear. Uh, You'll get some levels of herd immunity. You'll have more people who want to engage the vaccine because they feel more comfortable with it. And it will become more manageable, especially as we have therapeutics, monoclonal antibodies, et cetera. Don't don't tell people it's going to disappear. Don't tell people it's going to be over. I'm so old, I remember two weeks to flatten the curve. Do not tell people this. Do not tell people this thing at all. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, oh, God, am I mad at him. Telling people, hey, uh, get yourself a, a booster shot. I'm, I'm getting mine. Shot. The booster shot is free and easily accessible. Booster shots will be available in 80,000 locations, including over 40,000 pharmacies nationwide. So, my message today is this. If you've got the Pfizer vaccine, you got the Pfizer Pfizer vaccine in January, February, or March of this year, and you're over 65 years of age, go get the booster. Or if you have a medical condition like diabetes, or you're a frontline worker like a healthcare worker or a teacher, you can get a free booster now. I'll be getting my booster shot. I, I, it's hard to acknowledge I'm over 65, but I'll be getting my booster shot. <laughs> it's a bear, isn't it? I tell you, acknowledge anyway. But all, all kidding aside, <laughs> look. If you ask me if I think boosters work, I have no reason not to believe uh, 
that that they don't. I, I as I've often said about the vaccine, I don't think Pfizer or Moderna made it up. I think they believe it works. I think they have shown uh, the 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 data in in that it it works in in lessening the severity of symptoms. I think some people have reactions to uh, the vaccine, which makes perfect sense to me. I think the people are are mostly hesitant about uh, their children, and I think they will be hesitant for a while. I think any school that wants to say, well, kids have to be vaccinated or they can't go back is a school that should immediately be closed for renovations. And by renovations, I mean firing all the teachers and all the administrators. So does the booster work? Uh, Maybe. But I'm willing to bet that there's a a vast number of people who are like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pass on the booster. I got this. I'm going to see how this goes for a year. I, I, I trusted you here. That's where, that's where we're leaving it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. This brings us to the Iron Dome and to the bigotry of Rashida Tlaib, who refers to Israel as an apartheid state, went to the floor because there was a vote for the Iron Dome. They, the the um, Democrats had actually pulled the provision so it could pass along party lines, and then they, they had to do some other um, maneuvers, and it got put back in. This is a billion dollars for Israel for Iron Dome, which is the defense system that protects everybody in Israel regardless of, of whoever they are. And so she was, oh, we can't have this. We can't be giving Israel a billion dollars. I mean, have you heard Rashida Tlaib talk about this terrible, awful regime? I mean, they're just the absolute worst. Rise in opposition to this supplemental. I will not support an effort to enable and support war crimes, human rights abuses, and violence. We cannot be talking only about Israelis' need for safety at a time when Palestinians are living under a violent apartheid system and are dying... This continued conversation about Israel's apartheid state, Israel's guilty of war crimes. Well, soon after she spoke, Representative Ted Deutsch spoke. I'm no fan of Ted Deutsch. He's uh, down there in Florida. But holy moly. Uh, Mr. Speaker, I have a speech about how important it is for us to stand up against terror and the terror strikes against Israel launched by the terrorist group Hamas from Gaza. 4,500 rockets that Iron Dome helped us stop. And I have a speech that's all about how important it is for us to replenish that. But Mr. Speaker, I cannot, I cannot allow one of my colleagues to stand on the floor of the House of Representatives and label the Jewish democratic state of Israel an apartheid state. You understand that Ted Deutsch is a Democrat, right? You want to talk about infighting. Hooey. Reject it. Today, this caucus, this body, the House of Representatives will overwhelmingly stand with our ally, the state of Israel, in replenishing this defensive system. If you believe in human rights... If you believe in saving lives, 
the Israeli lives and Palestinian lives, I say to my colleague who just besmirched our ally, then you will support this legislation. May I have 15 more seconds? Yield the gentleman 15 seconds. I yield the gentleman 30 seconds. Is recognized for an additional 30 seconds. Mr. Speaker, we can have an opportunity to debate lots of issues on the House floor, but to falsely characterize the state of Israel is consistent with those, let's be clear, it's consistent with those who advocate for the dismantling of the one Jewish state in the world. And when there is no place on the map for one Jewish state, that's anti-Semitism. And I reject that. I stand in support of this important legislation. I thank the Speaker, the Majority Leader, and the Chairwoman for bringing this forward. And the I urge everyone of my colleagues to stand the with us in support. If you don't understand that Rashida Tlaib is an anti-Semite, well, I, I can't help you. It is what it is. When you see people like uh, Thomas Massey out of Kentucky, Republican, he voted against this because he doesn't believe in the foreign aid. You see Glenn Greenwald uh, tweeting out, I'd love for the Make America Great Again crowd or the America First crowd to explain why should be, we should be giving our money to Israel. Those are policy prescription conversations. Those are policy conversations about whether or not we should be spending our money in this way. That's not what Rashida Tlaib said. She said Israel's an apartheid state. Shouldn't be allowed to defend itself. Because I think there's a conversation about whether or not you got to keep doing foreign aid, dollar after dollar after dollar, as opposed to ensuring that you will sell things to Israel. That's a different conversation. But it's good to know that people are calling it out for what it is and calling her out for what she is. Yet she is supported by Ocasio-Cortez, who, when this supplemental came up, she, instead of voting no, she voted present. And then, I guess because she's in the 14th District of New York and she didn't want to show her constituents, many of whom are probably Jews, uh, that uh, she was voting against Israel. And then afterwards, she was seen crying on the floor of the House. Crying! But she, of course, doesn't believe Israel should exist. And then you've got people supporting Rashida Tlaib, like Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis, voting against it. You, You voted with... You, the woman you call your sister, Rashida Tlaib. We, we know what you voted for, Andre Carson. We, we know who you are. We see you. I'm Tony Katz. So in Washington, D.C., Everybody loves a little bit of a salacious detail. Everybody loves a little bit of gossip. Everybody in Washington, D.C. loves themselves a rumor. And the latest rumor in Washington, D.C. is that Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, Democrat, might flip to being an independent. This is actually quite interesting because I think there's, well, there's only like a 12, 13% chance it'll happen. That's my take. Um, I, I Listen, I have no inside knowledge, so that's what I'm going with. There's something rather smart to this idea. First, all politics are local. 
know your people. Arizona digs this kind of stuff. Remember, uh, she's the person who beat Martha McSally, the Republican. This is a woman who on paper is fantastic and is the worst campaigner in the history of mankind. Then Martha McSally got appointed as senator for two years and lost to Mark Kelly, who's now the senator. If there was another Republican running, they, they, would, they would probably vote that way. But Cinema has shown herself, I'm not going to do the $3.5 trillion. I'm not going to get rid of the filibuster. So she's got that, wait, wait for it, maverick streak. Ah, uh, the John McCain reference. Uh, that the people of Arizona kind of dig. But the other thing that she does is she gives herself a tremendous amount of control while putting the Senate back in Republican hands because then it would be 50-49-1. and Because uh, Bernie Sanders is an independent, but he caucuses with the Democrats. If she doesn't caucus with the Democrats, it's a lot of power. Tremendous amount of power. We got to watch what she does. We're watching what's happening at the border, the despicableness of Joe Biden. But what's the real story? We get into that next. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz.